Travel back in time to the 80s, reliving the laughter. <laughs> the heroes. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go Ghostbusters. And the honesty. What's up, Norm? My nipples. It's freezing out there. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Sure, it's not 1985 right now, but who knows what tomorrow will bring. Hey, hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your old pal, Spearsy. And Chuck Coverley. And today we take our act across the pond again. It's part two of our new series, Just Missed the Biscuit. Songs that reached number two in the UK, but got no further. Oh, you English are so superior, aren't you? This episode of Stuck in the 80s is sponsored by the 80s Cruise. Join your Stuck in the 80s hosts along with MTV VJs Mark Goodman, Alan Hunter, and downtown Julie Brown in spring 2024 for a week-long trip aboard the Royal Caribbean Mariner of the Seas. Performers will include 38 Special, Air Supply, The English Beat, Soft Cell, Debbie Gibson, Sebastian Bach, Stephen Piercy of Rat, Ray Parker Jr., Sheena Easton, Wang Chung, Midnight Star, Animotion, Real Life, Escape Club, <sighs> When in Rome, Tommy <laughs> Two-Tone, and more. Man. The 2024 cruise is officially sold out now, but you can still join the wait list. Go to www.the80scruise.com for more information. Joining us today as we venture further into the musical history of the UK, it's our good friend and native Britain, Cliff Rosie. Hi, guys. Hey, how's it going? I'm I'm good. I'm good. Is it is it cold over there? Is it it's nighttime, right? Uh, yes, it, yeah, well, it's nighttime. What time are we now? We are half past ten in the evening. Oh my god. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't worry, don't worry. <laughs> you you're one of the main inspirations behind this series. So we, we felt like we needed to have your input. And plus we we're gonna need some explanations this week about some of these crazy songs we're gonna hear. There are some there are some really worms out there too. So. <laughs> yeah, the last time we did this, I think it left us wondering, and we were like, "Man, we got to get Cliff to come on here and yeah. explain some was, of this silliness." Yeah, I was saying about the uh, you know he did long haired lover from Liverpool last time. Uh, if my brother was listening, he would he would kill me because literally I played this song over and over again on his thing. He actually threatened to smash the record up. It was that bad. <laughs> Uh, I can picture, you know, they take their record off and just smash it and smashes into a million pieces <laughs> on like the little record player that the speaker was in the. That in was the... what I had. That was what I had. <laughs> we all had one of those, right? Yeah. So Cliff, you're, I mean, just to set people's uh, imaginations adrift, you're probably, you'd said you're a couple years older than us. Yeah, I'm class of 83. Ah, okay. Yeah. So, so I'm a couple of years older than you guys. Yeah, so but so literally the eight, the 80s was my 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 decade. Okay. So from the age the age of sort of like uh sort of eight was it, uh 17 to 27 uh, you know so that that's that's my that so literally that was the years I grew up in. So what age were you when you finally started to listen to music on your own where you learned About how to tune in the radio? Yeah, 70, 75, actually, as I said, because I had long-haired love from Liverpool. So I bought that. Oh, yeah. my, that was my first ever single. But yeah, so from 77 and 78, I was listening to different bits and pieces. Yeah, so. Steve, what was I your was, first ever single? Do you remember going out and buying a record on your own, with your own money, clutched in hand? Probably 
oh man, it was it would have been um probably a kiss record. <laughs> um probably, you know, Destroyer or something like oh, that. Or, <laughs> or maybe uh Gary Newman Cars. I remember having Ooh. a single of that. Yeah. Um like, but no. I, I remember the days of just going to the record store and looking through forty fives to you know find the songs and my earliest memory is uh casey and the sunshine band that's the way uh-huh uh-huh <laughs> i like it and i had that up until i might still have it somewhere but it was one Wait. of those 45s that had the really cool sleeve with it was photographs of the band performing on it sure so i kept that for mm-hmm. for years yeah, we was quite spoiled because in the UK, the, in Oxford Street, we had the Virgin Mega Store and things. So we could go up to, from so the age of 14, I'd be going up to London and buying records at Virgin Mega Store. It was phenomenal. So, yeah. I imagine that had to be there, like yeah. our Tower Records that we had here. Oh, yeah. yeah. We, we we did have Tower. We had Tower in Piccadilly Circus. But Virgin was the main the main place to buy your records from. Sure. What a great time to be alive, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was <laughs> phenomenal, honestly. So today we're going to talk about 1976. Uh, part one, I think we covered two or three years. We are still kind of trying to explore the outs- outside edges of the 80s. And I don't know that you hear much of the 80s sound in 76, but you definitely will recognize a few of these tunes. You'll recognize the bands who recorded them. And then we'll try to put the pieces together <laughs> <laughs> on the rest of it. So, Chuck, why don't you get things started? What's your first pick from 1976 for songs that made it all the way to t- number two, but no further? All right. My first choice was this dance floor filler by Leo Sayer. And of course, that's You Make Me Feel Like Dancing, which when I was a kid, it, it made it easier to sing along to a song when they were singing in that higher register and it sounded, it sounded like a kid anyway. So as a kid, I would love to sing along to this song. Uh, what, what a great, fun song. And it's impossible not to move your foot or move your butt or something when it's playing. So uh, this song was the first single released from the platinum album Endless Flight, which Leo has stated was an album that was based more on his voice rather than his songwriting. Um, it was written by Leo Sayer and producer Vinnie Poncia, who also co-wrote and produced Kisses, I Was Made For Loving You, talking about Kiss. <laughs> yeah. And although in an interview, Ray Parker Jr. had claimed that the song was stolen from him after he played it in the studio for an executive who promised that he'd get credit. And uh, to this day, he's never received any writing credits or any royalties for the song. But maybe that's something that we can ask him about if we go to a Q&A <laughs> in March on the 80s cruise. He'll love I don't that. Know. I, don't, I don't know yet. We, we could talk to him also about uh, uh, the Ghostbusters and how that was. Yeah, maybe 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 we won't. Bother I don't know that. if he's allowed to talk about that. Right. He might have a gag order. Yeah. So maybe we won't bring that up. Uh, so although the song hit number one in the U.S., Canada, New Zealand, it only reached number two in the UK in November of 1976, which is why it finds itself on this list. Uh, Leo finally gained the number one spot in his home UK when the follow-up single, When I Need You, written by Albert Hammond of uh, When It Never you know, it never Rains in Southern California, and uh, Carol Bayer Sager, who wrote uh, tons of stuff in the 80s. Yeah, uh, So that reached number one in the UK, and it was Leo's first number one uh, hit in the United Kingdom. 
but uh, what a what a fun song! I just I didn't know he was British. Yeah, and then he he relocated to the uh, to Australia and has been down there ever since. And his name's not Leo. You know why his name is Leo? I have no idea. Is some trivia for you? Anybody out there know? Uh, it's his name is Gerard Sayer, and he had that crazy afro. And when he was younger, uh, his friends said that he looked like a lion, called him Leo the Lion, because he had this big mane around oh, his man. head. So that's where the Leo comes <laughs> oh, from. God, he still got that now. <laughs> he still has it now. Oh, we yeah, saw him no. on the uh, on the seventies cruise back in twenty nineteen. What an incredibly nice guy. He just genuinely is one of those guys that you would just want to take out and just drink at a pub, have a few pints, and just he was full of so many stories. He and Elvis were really good friends. And Elvis, right before he passed, wanted to do some collaboration with Leo. They were going to do something together. <laughs> and unfortunately, you know, Elvis left us. He left the building. But yeah, so a really interesting guy. Yeah, geez, I well, that's that's good. That's a great start. I, I had no idea about ninety percent of that. So, what song kept this off the top of the charts in Britain? So the it took an American song to to do this, named after a city in Illinois, and it's this song by Chicago. If you leave it now, you'll take away the biggest power. And that was If You Leave Me Now. In fact, that song uh, was hugely successful for Chicago. It reached number one both in the UK and the US. And it was just a, a little bit of a taste of all the schmaltzy ballads that were going to come from songwriter Peter Terra, who also sang lead on the song. And it was a bit of, the, of a departure from the rock and the horn sound that Chicago was really known for up to that point. Uh, it was the band's most successful song in the UK being the only song that reached number one uh, in the UK. And for some reason, which I never understood, I grew up a huge Chicago fan. My my mom had Chicago, the CTA album, uh, Chicago 2, Chicago 5, 7, 10. And I think that's about when she stopped buying them. And I kind of picked it back up around Chicago 16, 17. So I grew up listening to a lot of these albums and they were just always snubbed by the record industry in America. I had no idea why uh, famously snubbed for decades uh, for the rock and roll hall of fame. And this song was actually the only one that ever won a Grammy for them as wow. the best pop vocal performance by a duo group or chorus. And they had a lot of other, you know, hits and success. That's uh, crazy. Staple of MTV in the early years. <clears throat> uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, heavy rotation there, but yeah, for some reason, I don't know who they pissed off, but they pissed somebody off at the rock and roll hall of fame. Finally made it in. I should say. Oh, geez, I forgot that they were in. Yeah, so that's one more. I had Robert Lamb maybe maybe 12 years ago for the podcast. Good luck good luck finding that episode. It's out there somewhere. <laughs> and it was not it was not my best effort. I I I I um I think I asked him a couple questions that pissed him off, but Oh boy. Uh and, and I don't know what you know, I I don't know why I did that from time to time, but you try to be cute or you try to be clever. And sometimes it just, especially with American musicians, they don't have that sense of humor uh, and uh, the snarkiness. Yeah. That, so that. with British and Australian band, musicians, not a problem. Oh my American gosh. Musicians, 
There's, have, there's have you ever seen? Have you ever seen on the BBC once in a while? I would put it on, and they would have uh, they, they would be debating some bills or something in Parliament. And I'm sure, Cliff, you've seen this. I mean, you it's okay. how how insane they are when they just get up and like insult each other right to their face. Oh. Like, we never saw. Oh. We would never see that up until it's, 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 it's years. common. It's a common thing, you know. Yeah, sarcasm is is very common here. Yes, and I I, I do I do know that you guys don't always understand it. <laughs> <laughs> so here's my first pick from 1976. This is Sailor with glass of champagne. Okay, hands up among the three of us. Who has heard of Sailor? I'm, I'm guessing only Cliff's hand is up. No, I don't know it either. <laughs> really? I've never heard of it in my life. And it made it to number two. How did you pick that? I, I, there was an interesting, it's an interesting song. So Sailor, <laughs> Sailor's a British pop glam rock group. And they were, they had two hit singles in the 70s one was a glass of champagne one the other one was called girls 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 um the group's leader i'm gonna butcher his name it's like george kajanis had previously written flying machine for cliff richard in 1971 i think we most of us have heard that um but their music kind of revolved around a special uh nickelodeon that he had invented it was a combination of piano synthesizers and glockenspiels. <laughs> and so you hear this song and it sounds straight out of like a, um, like a Saturday morning uh, live action cartoon from the early seventies or something like you expect to see Sigmund and the sea monsters walking down the, the beach <laughs> or something like that. Or, but um, it's crazy. So like a one man band type thing that. No, he- there's, there's, there's four people in the band, but, but that, that, instrument that he played was the gave it their defining sound phil pickett who was also a founding member of sailors would go on to play keyboards for culture club and he co-wrote their their song karma chameleon nice yeah apparently this is a song about prostitutes i didn't know this guy at all so i didn't know this group all apparently this is a song it's a lighthearted take about prostitutes So I, I had to look up the lyrics. It says, I got the money. I've got the place. You've got the figure. You've got the face. Let's to get, let's get together. The two of us over a glass of champagne. Okay. Oh my God. Kind of sounds reminiscent of uh, opportunities by the uh, pet shop boys. Oh yeah. <laughs> right. Oh my God. Oh, it is, isn't it? Yes. I yeah. got the money. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Bloody hell. Holy crap. Oh my god. So <laughs> we've broken we've broken the, the mystery. Sailor goes on to become Oh my gosh. Uh anyway, it, it's an interesting song. It goes to number two in 1976. There was a song that you might have heard of that kept it out. It's this one by Queen. Mama, just killed a man. Yeah, Bohemian Rhapsody, which 
is technically a 1975 song, but we're still here we're in January of 76. So this is a holdover from the previous year. Uh, we talked about Bohemian Rhapsody on the last episode. It's yeah. obviously, it Wasn't is a, a, it was a number one. Yes. It's just, it's just keeping songs out all over the place. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it, it's like, it's like a, a Michael Jackson thriller song. It just keeps, it's just there to block. <laughs> it's but, like physical. Yeah. I never did see Queen when they were, they didn't, if they toured Florida, I never heard about it. So I don't know that they ever got around to, to us. <clears throat> Cliff, what's your first song from 1976? My first song, City Love Songs, uh, which is my, uh, if you ever see me on the 80s cruise, that's my, my go-to. <laughs> I, I, do, I do it as karaoke. <laughs> So yeah, Wings Wings was one of the original supergroups. So Paul Paul after leaving the Beatles, uh, he formed a band in nineteen seventy one in London with his wife Linda. It's a bit of a it's it's quite sweet actually because uh what happened was he didn't want to be apart from her, so he wanted to make a group up that they could be together. So that's how it that's how it worked. So he 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 joined, he, uh, he joined it with a former session drummer called Denny Swivel and a former Moody Blues guitarist called Denny Lane. Oh yeah, yeah. So it was one of the original, as I say, it's one of the original supergroups that was out there. They they had various change ups over the years. They brought people in, took people out. Denny stayed quite a bit of the time, so he was there for till the end, I believe. Uh, so, uh, so the inspiration for C Love, Love Songs comes from Paul, Paul McCartney. He said that he wrote a response to a comment from John Lennon after the Beatles broke up. Lennon reportedly said that only songs that Paul was capable of writing were silly love songs. Uh-huh. Ouch. <laughs> ouch, yeah, definitely ouch. <laughs> so, in America, it was the, one of the biggest hits with Rings and bigger than any of his solo hits, Billboard uh, named uh, it a number one song in 1976 when it was top top the uh, hot 100 uh, five uh, hot 100 for five weeks. And what kept it out? Oh my god! Right, <laughs> sorry, Paul, if you're listening, please call in and speak to Steve because this is so embarrassing. <laughs> you was kept out by a group called the Wurzels. And uh, they did a song called uh, Combine Harvester. I drove my tractor through your ace that last night. I threw me pitchfork at your dog to keep quiet. Now someone's telling me that you move right in me. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! It's. I, I tell you, I, I, Paul. Paul must have been so upset because the end of the day, the thing is that year your your second song, you know, let him in, was the other song that he da- had that year, and that was another song that was kept out of number one spot. Yeah, you know, so it, you it's, two songs it's amazing year. to me to think. Yeah, but that that the, the other song I can totally understand because it was a very powerful number one. This was shocking, honestly. <laughs> I nearly said the word. 
because it was crap. <laughs> so the Wurzels were uh, on English uh, scrumpy and Western band from Somerset, England, best known for their number one hit, The Combine Harvester, and number three hit, I Am a Cider Drinker. Woohoo! Right, in 1976, <laughs> the name of the, the name of the band was dreamt up by uh, founder Edge Cutler. It is short for Mangle Wurzel, a crop grown to feed livestock. Sounds like a German word, Chuck. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> the Convoy Half is a novelty song, which I said was number one for uh, Brenda Grace in Ireland, 1975, then also for the Wurzels, 1976, written by, written by Brendan. O'Shawn C. The song is a parody of Melanie Safex, nineteen seventy one. A brand new key. Oh yes, I know that one. With rusty lyrics replacing the original uh, theme of rolling roller skating. The Wurzels' particular genre of music was named scrumpy and western after group's first DP, the same name, issued in nineteen sixty seven. Scrumpy is a name given to traditional rough cider in southwest England. Scrumpy. Believe you me, if you if you've drunk Scrumpy, you'll 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 have brain damage. <laughs> but what is Scrumpy yeah. exactly? It's 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 very rough cider. Oh, it's, it's cider. So it's it's marinated apple apple alcohol. <laughs> it's horrendous. You know, as I said, if 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 you want if you want your brains pickled, drink Scrumpy. <laughs> there you go. Not a nice health <laughs> nice health warning for you guys out there. Jeez. I think my brother made some of that. that yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> and as I said, the Wurzels are still active to this day. There is actually a website which I'll get uh, Steve to send you the link up and put it onto the uh, onto the page. Jeez. So if you want to go, if you want to go and listen to their latest stuff, be my guest. I don't. I, so, it's gonna take some scrumpy for me to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so when I wanted to listen to this song. I went right to YouTube, which is where I always go to find the songs. And they they are particularly proud of their song because on their Oh, they love it. Yeah, on their page or on their official, it's they you know, it says the Wurzels, the original promo film for Combine Harvester, number one, June 12, nineteen seventy six. They put it right out there in front of I know you see. Oh but yeah, why not? Hey, if you're knocking if you're keeping Paul McCartney out of the top spot. Oh, I know. Oh, can you imagine what, what Paul was saying? <laughs> Our I, B wasn't happy. I said probably a lot of words that we don't normally say on the show. <laughs> but they be in a British accent, so they just sound cuter. <laughs> Chuck, what's All your right. second song? All right, my second song is uh, a song by Paul McCartney and Wings, and it is Let Him In. Someone knocking at the door. Somebody ringing the bell. Someone's knocking at the door Somebody's ringing the bell Do me a favor Open the door And let him in Ooh, yeah So speaking of Paul McCartney, here's a, a, another number two song, right? Uh, that was kept out of the top spot. Off of the same album, this was uh, the second single, released from their 76 album Wings at the Speed of Sound and Silly Love Songs obviously being the first. And both of those songs peaked at number two in the UK. Uh, this one at the end of August in 76. It actually peaked at number three in the US on the Billboard Hot 100, but it did reach number one on the easy listening chart. Oh no, US. not that chart. Yeah. 
It's where all all these songs go to die. So it, it was awarded the gold record status by the uh, Recording Industry of America for sales over one million copies. The lyrics uh, of the song sound checked several several uh, famous people, uh, people in his family, friends, uh, you know, brother John and Auntie Jen and all these other people and uh, Phil and Don, uh, who were the Everly Brothers. Um, also, one thing I always thought was really neat about this song. It kind of fades out at the end and then it comes back in with that dun dun. <laughs> and then, then you know it's over, but it is kind of fading out. But I, I love that song. Um, and of course, it was the second, the second song in a row to be kept out of the top spot in the UK. That's crazy to get that close twice in a row. I mean, I just would have always thought McCartney a free pass in the UK. Like anything he did would have been yeah. universal. You know, love. And- let me ask Cliff this because I think I think you know we know of Wings obviously, but in my mind it's yeah. always Paul McCartney. You know what I mean? Like is is Wings? You you mentioned that they were a super group. You know, bringing in Denny Lane. The and thing the is, others. they had Denny. They 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 had uh, the Denny Lane in there. There was another guy that come in uh, in seventy five. It was a, from another very famous group. They used a lot of very. A lot of very powerful musicians from other groups and brought them in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I always just think of it as as Paul McCartney. I, I see it as a love has... affair. I, I said it's, I see it as a love affair because basically Paul was so much in love with Linda. Yeah, that he, he couldn't be separated from from her. So he you he, he he brought this. He made this group together so they could tour together, so they would never be apart. Which is a very sweet thing. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> And that and, and that's the thing. Obviously, she wasn't a, a she wasn't a very uh, a lot talented musician. She did keyboards, but the thing is, she she was brought into Wings to be part of that group and sing some backup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what kept it out of the top spot then? Uh, it took uh, the song by Elton John and Kiki D. That's a Don't Go Breaking My Heart. Love that song as a kid. I love it. I love that song. I have, uh, you know, just memories of riding in my mom's Volkswagen with that song blasting on the AM, the little AM. They didn't even have FM in the car. It was only an AM radio. Uh, but what a great tune. Uh, written by Elton John and Bernie Taupin. You know, that, that team that put out so much uh, body of work. But this time under the pseudonyms Ann Orson and Carte Blanche. And it was intended to pay homage to uh, Motown duets, such as those by Tammy Terrell and Marvin Gaye and others. Uh, so Elton John, Bernie Taupin originally intended to do the duet with Dusty Springfield, but uh, withdrew the offer. Apparently, she was too ill at the time to be able to record it. And it was the first number one song. And this, this surprised me. This was the first number one song in the UK for both Elton John and Kiki D. Uh, it wouldn't be for another 14 years uh, in 1990 that Elton John would have another number one hit in the UK with Sacrifice. Uh, but in the US, it was the sixth number one hit. So how was he so successful outside? Was he, was he not touring? Was he just not getting... I don't know. I, I really don't know. It's just weird, isn't it? Because it's I, super I, weird. I, I, I was, you, that surprised me. I thought he would have uh, had more number ones. Because as a kid, Elton John was everywhere. He was filling up stadiums. Yeah. You know, he was, you know, with the outrageous costumes and he was just huge uh, during the 70s year. 
in fact, you know, that that song was ranked as the number two song of the year at the end of the year chart uh, in the U.S. And it just missed the biscuit here, uh, missed that number one spot. And what song do you think kept it out of the top spot here in the U.S.? It was silly love songs. You got to be kidding me. Right. Oh <laughs> Everything. It's, it's cyclical. Everything keeps coming back around again. <laughs> So those are my my two songs. Here's my second song. This 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 one's a real head scratcher for me. This is a band called The Real Thing, and their song is "Can't Get By Without You." Girl, you've got to be my woman. I've got to be your man. Cause I can't get by without you. I need you more each day. The way I feel about you leaves nothing more to say. Now ask yourself after listening to that, Detroit band, maybe a Philadelphia band, Liverpool. Uh-uh. <laughs> never, <laughs> never in a million years would I have thought that. Liverpool. Uh, to continue the whole Beatles, uh, I guess, theme of today's show. Um, they got to start in the 70s. They were doing um, covers of U.S. hits, and they did well enough to get a record deal. Their Their first album has this hit has this hit called you to me are everything. And that was the only number one hit for the band. It was a minor hit in the U S it got to number 64 in the charts. Um, This one uh, can't get by without you, which just uh, befuddles me that it's, that it's a British band Um, got to number two in the charts in September of 76 did not chart at all in the U S which so. is amazing to me. When I listened to both of those songs, that was my first thought too. I'm like, they they sound like a Detroit band. Yeah, they're Philadelphia, the Philly soul. I was just yeah. Liverpool, Liverpool, really super popular in Britain. Thirteen songs in the top forty during their career. So, Cliff, what is your rec- your your recollection of this band? Yeah, they were they were a good band. I thought that was American. I didn't realize they were from Liverpool. <laughs> I was shocked. I was shocked when I. I looked into that for oh my god, <laughs> wow! But they are they are a fantastic group. They did have a, a bit of a hit or resurgence in the, uh, 1986. They remixed some of those early songs, uh, and those hit the chart again. And I guess Daft Punk in 2002 did a cover of their song "Love Such a Wonderful Thing," so that that sort of helped them. There's a movie documentary from 2019 called everything the real world's the real world everything the the, everything the real thing story um which has interviews with kim wilde and billy ocean and others who are influenced by the band so you could try to find it it's not on youtube you can watch a trailer for it on youtube but you you might have to dig deep to find a copy of that one so crazy uh it's just the way music is kept out of the number one spot by this little known song from some Swedish band. Yeah, it's Dancing Queen. From I've never heard it before in my life. <laughs> no, I never heard him. 
Most people know that they were the uh, Sweden's first winner of the Eurovision Song Contest in 1974. Not with this song, but with the song Waterloo. So I uh, saw a few years ago, you know, you go down the YouTube rabbit hole, and there was a uh, a documentary on ABBA. And apparently during that time, they were looked down upon by by a lot of the music scene going on in Sweden, because at that time it was during the cold war. And if you weren't doing music, that was like an, uh, as an activist and using it for good, that way you were looked down upon and all of their music was just happy, upbeat dance stuff, but they were vilified by the music scene in Sweden at the time because of that. Huh? I had no idea. I didn't either. Till saw that. I still have their greatest hits. DVD. Uh, um, I still have their greatest hits CD, and I, I play it. I, Alexa's used to playing ABBA for me. I, I I really, if there was an ABBA cruise, I would go on it. I, you know, I just I'm, I'm I'm I wouldn't call myself a super fan, but but it, it is it is a happy music, and and I never get tired of it. Have you ever seen any of the ABBA tribute acts? No, that tour no, around. No, I I should though. I don't know why. They're I fun. So talking about the Eurovision Song Contest, can you guys tell me who the only Americans uh, were to ever win that contest? I can, because I interviewed her on the 80s cruise. Aha. Cliff, do you have any idea? Wasn't Katrina? That is correct. Katrina, yeah. Yes. (laughs) Do you remember what song she did? I can't. Oh, Oh. Oh, Shine Again or something? Love Shine a Light. Love Shine a Light. I I knew it was something like that, yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. give I a did. shout out yeah, to yeah, yeah. Katrina, my buddy. She's great. Oh what an amazing performer she is live. If you ever so, get a chance to see her. So I told you the story oh, about oh. going to see her over at Milton Keynes, right? No. Oh, so real quick. They, she was on the on the the boat on the 80s cruise the first time. And she was on the same schedule as Amory. Like they would go get coffee in the way. And so they kind of built up a little bit of a rapport. And she and so so she was kind of hanging out a little bit with us. And the Eagles had just won the Super Bowl and they were going to be playing in London at Wembley the following October. So I was asking Katrina's manager, hey, you know, where are you playing? Because we're coming to to London to see the Eagles play and we'll be in town and I'd love to go see her play. So we, we back and forth with some emails and finally we, we locked down a date. Well, somehow it got to Katrina that we were coming to the UK just to see her. And so we're we're at this little theater and picture something about the size of like your little community theater uh-huh. that holds maybe a couple hundred people. And we go in and she actually called us out. You know, she's like asking where who's from here, who's from there. She's like, anybody here from America? And Amory and I are like, woo! And she's like, is that our friends Chuck and Amory? And we're like, woo! So afterwards, we're talking, and she's like, I can't believe that you hired a car. You came all the way to London, hired a car, and drove all the way up here just to see me. And we were like, yeah, that's exactly what we did. (laughs) Super nice. Super nice. And I'm sure you had a a great interview with her on the 80s cruise. She was so um, whip smart and funny and was really great. Um, (laughs) She... She could whip out a, a funny insult, uh, you know. Just, I, I would, I would, I would go and watch her read a book. You know, that's that's how much I enjoyed hanging out with her. Yeah. Right. So my number, uh, so my my uh, other song, Candy Staten, Young Hearts, Run Free.
So it peaked at uh, number two in uh, July 76. Canzetta Maria Candy Stanton is an American song, uh, uh, singer-songwriter best known for the United States for her 97 remake of Tell Me When It's Stand By Your Man and the 1976 disco that Young Hearts run uh, free. She was married to uh, Clarice Carter. I don't know if you know Clarence Carter. He did a, he did a song. I, I've got this on record, actually, called Patches. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so what a sad I, I, song. Love, I love this. I, I, I it's one of my favorite songs. I bought this as you know, this I bought this when I was young, and I can't believe I've got this record <laughs> Clamp Scar record. But yes, yeah, she was married to him. She's married about five times, but that's the most notable person she's got married to. So it was a big biggest selling record in Europe. I, I remember Candy Stan. She had a she had a huge hit in eighty six called You Got the Love. Which yeah. I think she it was a collaboration with the source, and then if I'm not wrong, because I think I just looked this up the other day, Young Hearts on Free was I think Rolling Stone had it on their list of the greatest dance songs of all time. So yeah, it's 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 solid gold. Uh, you know, it's it's something really special. Um, she, if I if I recall, it was a it was written by David Crawford. Does that ring a bell to anybody, David Crawford? Yeah, David Crawford. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's what I got here. Okay. Yeah, who's that? Um, David Crawford. Uh, he was during his time in the business. He was all over it. He was he was an R and B musician. He was a songwriter. He was a record producer. I think he was an on air personality. He, 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 he did stuff with Salt and Pepper as well. He did. He wrote a song yeah. in I think the seventies called "What a Man" that somebody else recorded, and then Salt and Pepper re recorded it in ninety three and turned it into another hit. Oh yeah. Cliff, what's this song about, though? Yeah, what the, the song's meaning is about Candy's love life, actually. Uh, she was chatting to Dave Crawford one day over lunch and was complaining about the relationship she was in. Crawford said uh, he'd write her a song about love that lasts forever to help her cheer her up. Wow. As I, and as I said, she's still a prolific songwriter, singer-songwriter today. That's great. And, no, it's good. What, I mean, this is obviously, you know, Rolling Stone loves the song. It's it's a, it's 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 funny. I, it's not one that comes to me very often. Like I don't I don't I don't recall hearing this back then, or even in the eighties. But but again, you know, this is what happens when these, some of these songs just do really well in one market, and not in another. So what what song kept this out? You to me by everything by the real thing yet again. You know what else it's time for yet again? The Seggies. Hey, it's time to play TV Party Tonight. We'll play a snippet of a theme song from the 80s. If you get it right, you're entered into the drawing for the postal-friendly bottle opener. I, I must warn people that um, for the next three months, anybody who wins a postal-friendly bottle opener, there might be a significant delay in its delivery. As you, as you might have noticed, Brad is not with us today. Brad is about ready to start a three-month residency in New York City uh, as part of his job. He's not, he's not like playing uh, – he's not – He's not playing Soho. He's, he's actually playing working. all the best halls in New York City. <laughs> he's, he's playing the lounge bar. There's gonna there's gonna be a shortage of pastrami. I can tell you that in New York City by the time he leaves. But um, he's not here today. He's he's preparing to go to New York, and he'll be there for a while. So we may have to adjust the uh, prizes <laughs> for the next few months, uh, or I, I mean, we may have to figure out some other swag to send. Uh, anyway, cast your mind back to. Uh, <laughs> Long, long time ago, 2023, 
from episode 684. Here was the mystery theme song. That's Highway to Heaven. Way to heaven. Who who was who was a fan of that? Chuck, did you watch it? Yeah, I mean, if it was on, yeah, I didn't. I didn't go out of my way. I didn't. I don't think I necessarily turned it's, the channel. It's not a UK show, so I wouldn't know. It. I don't know how well it would do in the UK. It had um, Michael Landon and, and Victor, ah, Victor okay. French. Victor yeah. French, yeah. And it was it was good. It, it ran from eighty from Carter Country eighty four to eighty nine. Right? It had a nice run. On NBC, he uh, Michael Landon, uh, who obviously uh, we, uh, most of us grew up watching him on Little House in the Prairie. Cliff, mm, did you have oh, Little House in the Prairie? Oh, I loved Little House on the Prairie. It's one of my favorite shows. So. That's so that's so American. I, I I'd be really curious. It'd probably be like the equivalent of uh, Downton Abbey. No, we 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 loved we loved it. It was it was a very very popular show in the UK. Yeah, um, well, that's why so many people in the UK thought that America was the Wild West. And I did have the hots of Melissa Gilbert at the time, but there you go. But she's oh, not, yeah. not a young age when she was older. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Going to clarify these things. <laughs> no, so she's... Michael Michael Landon, I actually taught at the high school where he where he went to high school. His name, his real name is Eugene Orwitz, and he was a a huge track and and star and athlete at wow. the school. So, yeah, yeah. No, he was. Uh, he plays an angel sent to Earth to help people in need. So. Mm. I don't. I didn't watch it all the time, but I, you know, I knew the theme song right off the top of my head, and uh, so when when the kids fell over in the grass, <laughs> <laughs> that's little I house. Loved it. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> Chuck, we we got some winners. Why don't you read them? Yes, winners this week include Roger in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Jarrell is that Jarrell, like. <laughs> Superman's cousin Jorel Jarrell <laughs> from Boston and Rodney in the Shadow of the Rockies. Wow, that's um I think we just play rock, paper, scissors and see who uh <laughs> so should we have Cliff spin the wheel? Cliff, spin the wheel. Uh, uh. <laughs> not sure I'm not sure you were spinning the wheel, but <laughs> Oh my god! Gave it a good go. Uh, it looks like it's going to land on Rodney in the Shadow of the Rockies. You're this week's winner. So uh, send us your postal address, and we'll tr- we'll try to see what we can get done until Brad gets back in town. He can't be gone the entire time. He's got they got to send him back eventually, right? <laughs> he's got to come back at least at the end of February. Yeah, he's got to come to the cruise. God, if he do, if he blow if he blows me off for the cruise, I'm going to be. I'm gonna be in trouble. Well, no, I got Chuck, so I just yeah, I'll fill in. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, pay attention. Here's this week's mystery TV theme song. To live, love. If you know it, email us at podcast at sit80s.com and tune in soon to find out if you're a winner. 
We'll be right back after this special commercial break. These potatoes are for the crisp makers. Ugh, here they won't come up. We're too good to be any old crisp. We want to be Smith's Crisp. We want to be Smith's Crisp. We're not budging until we make you see that if we were Smith's Crisp, if we were Smith's Crisp, what tasty light and golden crisp we'd be. I'd better phone Smith's. Smith's crisps. So good, every potato wants to be one. And we're back. we got a few minutes left. Why don't we play an old game we like to call... Please, please tell me now. Please, please tell me now. Yeah, it's time for Please, Please Tell Me Now, where we answer a question sent in to us from uh, from our listeners. This week, it is... Uh, it is what? It is Cincinnati Joe. It's your turn. Uh, Cincinnati Joe asks... Um, hey guys, are there any particular songs that come to mind or that you intentionally listen to when going through difficult times? For me, uh, certain situations have caused Harden My Heart by Quarter Flash to loop through my head. It speaks to a certain degree of sadness uh, from difficult relationships. I've always liked the song and it's a combination of sax and guitar. And that's, it is a good song. Um, uh, still stuck in the 80s, Cincinnati Joe. Uh, hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chuck, you go first. What? Yeah, it's the- a, that's a tough one. I because I tend to just spiral down into like an abyss of sadness and just listen to the even sadder and sadder songs. So it's like a positive feedback loop. Um, I don't know. There's, there's. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I don't know. It's, it's been. Man, when was the last time I was really, really down? I don't know. I don't know if I have an answer. Wow, I I I will Cliff. What I have to have one though. Yeah, go ahead. Nat. Throw something out there. Was it said and done? Was it said and done? Yeah, yeah. I'm... Said and done. I can't remember. After all, it's said and done. What's that one? Was that by? Was that hard to say? I'm sorry by Chicago. That's it. That's it. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah. Oh, that is a good one. Yeah, I'm sorry, I was trying to think. I was, I was, I was, I was, I was going through the lyrics. I what it's called, but. I like that song. You see, it's a lovely song. Yeah, it, I love how it ends the movie. You guys ever see the movie Summer Lovers? Yeah, yeah. It's it's a, it's at the very end of that movie, and so every time I hear that song, I think of that movie. Um, but um, I'm, Chuck, I'm thinking, I'm thinking hard. I'll, I'll do mine while you keep thinking. Okay. Uh, two come to mind, I think, and you would think someone like with an Eeyore complex like me would have like twenty songs. Um, Don't Give Up by Peter Gabriel with Kate Bush. Oh, I love that song. Yeah, oh, that's a good one. That's that's what pulls me. That always lifts me up when, when I'm having a bad day, which, um, you know, it's been a rough six months for me now of being unemployed. But um, you've got to, you know, still got to wake up every day and, you know, keep trying. The... Um, uh, Still They Ride from Journey off the Escape album is one of those songs I like to belt out in the car that kind of cheers tries to cheer me up a little bit. Um, good Feeling by Violent Femmes. Oh, man. Maybe maybe for me it might be like Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go. <laughs> Just something upbeat. Bit of, bit of, bit of, uh, bit of Miami. I think that would that would pull me out of a funk. 
I don't know. He would either do that or, or it would just enrage me. I'd go, I'd go grab my <laughs> choose life shirt and put on my shirt and, and dance around the house. I, I like wham, but I don't like that song. Um, oh no. But um, yeah. Did, did you I'm make sure. it through Wham again in this year, or did you get hit early? Oh, I got hit like, like, like Joe Frazier in an <laughs> Ali fight. <laughs> what about two days in? Just oh yeah, with with two hours in probably. <laughs> literally, literally that I heard about it, and then like within the next ten minutes, I I heard the damn song. So yeah, um, and then the wife likes to play it a lot she likes to play a lot of she likes a lot of christmas music during this time of year so i've had a i've heard a lot of christmas music over the last month and that that would that would i probably heard that every single day twice a day so nice um good 80s tune if you're gonna stick with just hard to say i'm sorry you got another pick let me have a think Uh, let me have a think i'll come back to you i'll I'll let you know we're done this is it (laughs) (laughs) oh you there is no getting back (laughs) there's no coming back here, I'll, I'll open it up though. This is a good one. Send us an email with your pick. You know, what song do you intentionally turn on when, uh, when you're feeling down or it's been a crappy day or, um, <laughs> or I, I try not trying to be respectful, but <laughs> just I, I would love to know. Like, is I mean, for me, there's, there's no question it's it's Peter Gabriel, but but a good, uh, a good stilly ride from Journey. That's and that's just one of those songs that nobody ever talks about uh, from escape. And even though I've kind of largely given up on journey these days, I I still like that album, but uh, anyway, that's what we got for 1976, six songs for you to check out, go check out. What's it? Uh, Harvest come harvest combiner. (laughs) Oh Christ. I can't watch. I can't even, I can't even say the name of the song, much less want to listen to it. You don't want to listen to it either. (laughs) It's, it's I awful. just it's 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 cause right there for another entire revolution between the US and Britain. I'm telling you, that's how bad it is. But but you know, if, if you guys enjoy Sorry, it, guys. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Cliff, thanks so much for coming on and doing and doing part of this. This has been you. a blast. Chuck, man, yes, well, you and I are you. gonna get to know each other well over the next three months. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I look forward to it. We have a lot, no. lot coming. Yeah, yeah. So send us your show ideas. Send us your songs that make you happy when you're going through bad times. But but keep listening to the show because uh, Cliff, Chuck, and I are here, hopelessly stuck in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is now on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show, go to patreon.com slash stuck in the 80s podcast. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for our theme music, and thanks for listening. You're a fine-looking woman today.